1: Cold, peas porridge in the pot, nine days old. Some like it hot, some like it cold, some like it in the pot, nine days old. Oh dear. Spock, perfect timing. I'm just working on my received pronunciation.
0: Yes, sir, the Queen's English. Might I ask, what has sparked your foray back into this particular linguistic
1: eccentricity? <gasps> eccentricity! I will have you know that I have formal training in Oxford English. From your appearance in A Midsummer Night's Dream, if memory serves. Well, at least you pay attention sometimes. Which brings me to my point. You, my Vulcan friend, could stand to work on your elocution as well, in preparation for our episode on Bridgerton.
0: Oh, of course, sir. That's what this is about. Could we perhaps do that, I don't know, later? It's time to start the show. Oh dear, do look at the time.
1: Hi, friends at home! <laughs> I am Justine Maston, LMFT Yogini, writer, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Laura Sigarski, licensed marriage and family therapist, writer,
0: researcher, Spocky, and first officer, and I am doing my best to keep the joy inside. <laughs>
1: oh just a reminder to listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists unless of course we are your therapists this podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist please be aware that this app will include spoilers for bridgerton including the identity of lady whistledown also known as regency gossip girl so if you don't want to be spoiled, perhaps suckle back Also, be aware that this app will include some more discussion of sex than our usual app, and will include some discussion of sexual assault. So listener discretion is advised. And without further ado... Here we are in Bridgerton. <laughs> I promise I won't do the accent the whole time. I mean, that's
0: okay. You could. It just, maybe as we went on, I would get more and more used to it.
1: It's just quite <laughs> delightful. Delightfully hilarious, that accent. <laughs> do, I, you, you weren't expecting it. You weren't expecting me to be that good at it, were you? <laughs> no no
0: definitely not and then something about that accent i just imagine you in some sort of like day bonnet situation (laughs) with you know like the corsets and the ruffs and the whole like the whole bit
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so i how, how familiar are you spock about about the regency period I mean, here's the thing. Why don't we just dive right into
0: to one of my many issues here, which mm-hmm. is that when we talk in our present time about re- the Regency period, what we're referring to are the Regency romance novels that kicked off in like, I think the 1930s and 40s. Mm-hmm. And like we confuse those novels, again, written in the 1930s and 40s about what we now call the Regency period with work that was actually written like during the time period that people were alive. Mhm. And by that I mean like we confuse romance novel regencies with the work of the just like incandescent Jane Austen. <laughs> and like that's um that's a real problem for me.
1: <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I what well, and I I want you to know that you are not alone. The internet <laughs> Is very much with you, not necessarily about that particular sticking point. Sure. But especially um those who are uh LARPers or other sort of cosplayers or sure. just knowledgeable about the the dress of the time are, oh, are right. enraged. Yeah about A the the corsiture. Sure. Because Of course, it would apparently, of course, it would never actually hurt your skin and it wouldn't pull you that tightly during this period. Mm. And uh, someone, a particular person on the Internet was enraged that the Queen Mum is wearing clothing of the previous era. Sure,
0: sure, sure. So it was Peter Peer at the end of the Georgian, the Georgian era. Mm hmm. So maybe they didn't like it. They thought it was too Georgian. I guess. Maybe. Because the Victorian follows. I always forget. What was was the Edwardian era?
1: Like the 20s, isn't it? Yeah,
0: that's true. Yep, it Mm -hmm. was the 20s. So it certainly wasn't that. Um, Though maybe by the Edwardian era, there was glitter. Because I remember that was also something people were very upset about, Mm -hmm. was the glitter. You just wouldn't have had that degree of, of sheen
1: and shine back then unless it was a
0: a julie of some sort
1: yeah so um friends at home we have decided that this is going to be a two-part a two-parter we felt like there was just too much bridgerton for one episode um and so i'm gonna redirect us a little bit because Mm -hmm. we decided that this app would be firmly about the duke and daphne
0: Mm -hmm. the the two d's the I was going to say the big Ds, and then I was like... Mm. <laughs> I think there was at least one big D. There was at least one big D. Yep, yep. <laughs> Daphne was all about getting that D. She sure was. <laughs>
1: Though she didn't realize that that was what she was about for at least half the show. Oh, yeah. And then next time, <laughs> we will spend more time t- discussing the rest of the tawn. Yeah. Um, hmm? Yes, but but today... <laughs> Today is firmly the realm of Daphne and the Duke. And you can just look forward to more double entendre for the rest of this app.
0: Uh- <laughs> oh, Daphne and the Duke. Um, As I'm, as we're, as I'm like shifting back into the mindset I was in when I was watching this, I was very mm-hmm. sick with a cold, not COVID, just a cold. Mm-hmm. um but i did while a i cold. had this cold <laughs> cold I, I went out for a walk a promenade if you will <laughs> You a promenade a, late on a friday evening and it was it was quite damp out mm-hmm. and as anyone knows who has read a jane austen novel <laughs> Never take or a, walk, a novel by george elliott on the go moors <laughs> on the moors when it's damp otherwise you will catch you know some manner of illness um and usually you, like, nearly die. I was nowhere close to death. Um, I did have a temperature of 100, though. And so when I go back in my mind to my memories of the show, it is, like, they're very much tinged with, like, a feverish haze. <laughs> fever dream. <laughs> and I find myself thinking now, I'm like, how are we going to make this um, in any way sort of, like, therapeutic?
1: <laughs> oh i d- I don't worry, I've got that covered, oh, that's so wonderful, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. I got that covered um because I think this is a great way to talk about um how we find partners how we ch- mm. how we choose partners or how partners are chosen for us, whether oh, explicitly wow. or implicitly.
0: my God, someone came to to do real work today. They did their whole peas porridge hot, and look at you go, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs>
1: Please and continue. Then, well, and then a, a little bit about what, how we do or don't talk about sex in our culture. Sure, which has certainly improved um,
0: since the Regency period proper. Um, still, though, a ways to go in many, mm. in many ways, especially depending upon like where you live in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. If you do. Mm-hmm. If you do. Yes, that's true. Um, don't want to, you know, be acing out our non-US residing listeners.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's Our Mandy Cat who designed our beautiful cover art resides in, Sco- in Scotland.
0: That's true. That she was always old. posts such beautiful vistas.
1: I know. Gorgeous. Um, but let, let's take it back. So yeah. for folks who decided to tune in even though you hadn't watched Bridgerton because you just... Like us. Um, Aww. oh, isn't that nice? Uh, what we have here is the story of, of Daphne. Mm. A lady. And I don't mean that, like, in the gendered way. I mean that in the, in the noble way. <laughs> Whatever someone says lady in the intonation that you just did, mm-hmm.
0: I think of the song Lady in Red. and then because i had a very unique teenage experience i can only then think of the ways that that song was used in the film american psycho oh wow! yeah uh uh-huh patrick bateman the character was a big fan of lady in red and he would listen to it on his walkman
1: i don't recall any of that but i haven't seen that movie in literally 25 years you know
0: the other thing that's happening is like because i am very much in those fever dream memories i realized i'm going to be even more just all over the field (laughs) in today's episode so you have the very fun task of like corralling me oh you know much the way a regency mother would attempt to (laughs) safeguard and corral her daughter as all the young male (laughs) yeah
1: but but it you know what we could have done? I mean, missed opportunity. This could have been a body swap episode.
0: Wow. Yeah, like a, a freaky Friday. Yeah, like a but freaky I've... Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spock is Kirk and Kirk is Spock. We'll have mm-hmm. to keep that in mind um, for the next time we're doing an episode that's connected at all to one of us having a fever. <laughs> <laughs> Put, this. Put that in the vault. Yep, just seal that one up, take it out on a rainy day the next time one of us goes for a walk in the damp.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so D- Daphne has come of age. She is She is now ready to have a husband. Mm-hmm. And in these times, whether they be real times or the times of... Uh, Fiction? The Bodice Ripper <laughs> romance novels... She, she, needs to, she needs to be courted and mm-hmm. then find herself a husband. And she um, can never be alone in a home. garden. No, she can never be alone anywhere with a man she is not related to. Yes. And sh- her father has passed away. And so the man in charge of making sure that she stays virginal, and pure and pure is her eldest brother
0: antony antony or as we like to refer to him bridgerton brother 1 <laughs> known as b1 as like the bananas in pajamas show <laughs> so popular in the mid 1990s
1: also british b1 yes b2 where the bears <laughs> <laughs> Bananas in pajamas go bouncing down the stairs. Bananas in pajamas are chasing teddy bears.
0: Wow. That, mm -hmm, that's great. I was going to say like maybe our producer could put some like lovely bananas and bananas in pajamas uh, music, (laughs) but I mean, you have done such a faithful recreation there (laughs) (laughs) due no doubt in part to your elocution practice. (laughs)
1: Um, um, yeah, They did not have us watch Bananas in Pajamas to prepare for A Midsummer Night's Dream.
0: But which that- was really a loss, because I think that the farcical nature of Bananas in Pajamas <laughs> is very much a riff, perhaps even a fan fiction adaptation, of, if you will, of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Just think of, um, what were their names? Hermian and the other one as um bananas instead of humans
1: (laughs) this this is great this is
0: is all gold Mm. all gold (laughs) all All comedy gold (laughs) anyway daphne daphne is of age there are very strict rules governing how she's supposed to go about finding a man to Mm -hmm. marry a suitable man to marry um And it seems like there are all sorts of, I mean, it doesn't seem there are all sorts of rules that are governing this process. Mm -hmm. And I would say a fair amount of them are are explicit. Yes, many. Many, you know, lots of lists of them. Um, I don't know where I was going with that.
1: That's okay. That's okay. Here, I I think I I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Is Beautiful. That during those times, the rules were much more explicit than they were implicit. Meaning, they were mm-hmm. they were spoken. They were like the. There was probably a list or a book of how how. Oh God, ladies, probably numerous books. Right. How how should ladies present themselves? Mm. Sh- you know, do's and don'ts, and we all know these rules, right? Everyone, at least in this sort of ruling class knows all these rules because it's it's their rules. It's not necessarily the rules for the, you know, for the servants. Well, sure.
0: No, I mean, they're poor people. Why would we want to see them? I don't mean that, of course. That is definitely a joke. Um, But this is making me think about our our modern times, our times in which we live, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're I don't like maybe there are rules, but they shift so much. And I would mm-hmm. say they're far less rules and more like norms. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually thinking I've had at this point in my career many, many a therapy session from folks who are attempting to do online dating. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there and like if I had a dollar for every time someone said like there are no rules, Larissa, I wish there were
1: rules, I could retire. <laughs> well, and it's. That's funny because um I I also have some folks who are uh looking for love in Alderon places. Um Oh, that was if, a nice if, little Yeah. If if Alderon was um match dot com. And these folks talk about how there are absolutely social norms to the online dating world. hmm And that they don't un- they know they are there, but they don't understand them. And it's, it's funny how we've gone from mm-hmm. from Bridgerton. Yes, like we're 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 going to use a little th- therapeutic fan fiction here and pretend that Bridgerton was a real time that really existed. Um, yes, because Why it not? is. I mean, I mean, it, it is portraying a real time that really existed. Yes, it is to varying degrees of accuracy. Right, um, but I mean, th- there really were much more precise rules of especially romantic entanglement for people of a certain social class.
0: Yes, and you know, one of the things that Bridgerton does really well is it portrays something that at different periods periods we have seemed to long for. Mm. as a society, and that mm-hmm. there is very much this like romantic sheen that we put on the Regency period that was, I mean, like the Regency period itself was just horrific in so many ways. Not the least of which is that it seems like, I mean, like, yes, sexual assault is still, and continues to be a current, like Mm -hmm. clear problem, but like it was not identified so much as a problem, just more as like, well, you know, that's what people do. That's what men do. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. And so I bring this up to say that like our attraction and, our enjoyment of Regency-era fandom, mm-hmm. perhaps it's less about the accuracy in terms of what it was like that ba- then, back then and more about what are the bits and pieces about that time period that we feel attracted to mm-hmm. at different points in our more modern society, right? And so right now we're living in a time where the rules are not explicit when it t- when it comes to dating, Mm-mm. and there are very little safeguards in terms of how one interacts, or do you have like a chaperone? That's just mm-hmm. not that's non-existent. And so the fact that we have a fair number of human beings who are attracted to this time when we did have more rules, it says something mm-hmm. about what we're maybe yearning for and what we are lacking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because. Well, and, and there is something sexy about mystery. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. we, we live in a time of, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard oh. to be mysterious in modern times. <clears throat> Cause like I, if, if I met you on a dating app, sure, I just, I just fucking Google you.
0: Yeah, you could. And, <laughs> and you, you would, I'm sure you would. I,
1: I would. i I want well and you know what i find it real sketch if someone doesn't have some kind of online presence which is like there's that part of me that wants the mystery and that part of me that's like but what are you hiding like you know i'm starting to get applications for next next round of interns and Mm. we've been googling them guess what would-be interns. We do Google you, so be aware. Yeah. Um, and at least one, no online presence. Nothing. Fou- found nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what have you been doing? I... Do you exist? Did you just steal someone's identity last week?
0: Wow. So many questions. But you know what it makes me think of? The Duke of Hastings. Ah! And how <laughs> like, we don't really know what happened during that like shady time that he wasn't in, are they in London? Yeah, they're in London. Yeah, they're right? in London. Mm-hmm. He went somewhere else. What was he doing? Who was he with? Who was he doing? We know he was doing someone. <laughs> Many someones. Many someones, right? Um, but, but like, it's so shrouded in mystery. Hmm. That's part of like the appeal of this tall, dark, mysterious man. He mm-hmm. looks excellent in shades of purple.
1: Yeah, just, I mean, wonderful casting. this this is a a beautiful human a beautiful human with excellent elocution (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and at that time so okay so some mystery is is good like a a moral good and some mystery is a moral bad sure
0: and it's very gendered if you're a mysterious lady you must be a lady of the night Mm -hmm. i.e. a sex worker if or that you were lady mysterious Yeah, that's right. That lady, who, well, you know, she was she had a she had a number of different occupations. One of them was Lady of the Night, the other one was Lady of the Opera. Um, <laughs> but like if you were a man, it was it's amazing to be mysterious. Mm-hmm. Well, like, how many times sketchy. does Mama Bridgerton talk about how like the best husbands are reformed rakes? <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrible because every time she said that, in part because of my English lit background, I kept substituting "rake" with the other R word. That just because I want to be sensitive to triggers, I'm just going to say I substituted "rake" with "sexual assaulter." Mm. Mm-hmm. Because really, in the actual Regency times, that's what a rake was.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh no.
0: Yeah, and like books that Jane Austen, like Jane Austen was doing a number of things in her novels. One of the things she was doing was a literary critique of a lot of like the popular serialized romances of her time and they were mm-hmm. all about a rich man trying to sexually assault a virginal woman. Oh. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And, and the most famous of this, this was, was Clarissa. Exciting? I mean, this was a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think exciting and titillating was one of them. And mm-hmm. so, like, Clarissa, one of the most, most famous of these.
1: Oh, no, that's like, my niece's name.
0: I know. It's hard. It's one of the reasons I've never talked to you about this before, because I knew that it was your niece's name.
1: I mean, but to be fair, now,
0: do we know the books that have my name? we do we certainly do and maybe we'll go down that road today maybe not who knows stay tuned friends <laughs> um but clarissa's like it's a bunch of volumes and it is it's all about this awful man who's trying to sexually assault clarissa who eventually i think I, she's i don't remember well she's either murdered or she commits suicide um but even though her assaulter is successful in assaulting her mm-hmm. retroactively after her death, it's like decided by some like committee, because these are the books of the time that like she's still her spiritual virginity is still intact. And thus Clarissa is sainted or heavenly or something. Um. So yeah, like being a rake in, in like in actual practical times, not
1: a positive thing. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. no, this, I mean, this is, this is very good information. I wouldn't want to not know. I wouldn't want to go around and, and use that word around some lit majors like yourself. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would just be saying things and they would be thinking you were saying something a little bit different. Well, and I'd, I, you know, I wouldn't want to say, wow, rakes make the best husbands. No,
0: the way that mama bridgerton does so confidently and with such like zeal and zest in her eyes and like i get that like in in this fandom what she's saying is that rakes make really good lovers right. yeah and i mean fair well in terms of the fandom yes i don't think that like i don't think that some i don't think like actual rakes of the time no no, were go- no. like i wouldn't say that but like Rakes is transposed into Romantic Regency literature. Sure. So let's make a
1: distinction. Why don't we call these Bridger (laughs) Rakes? This is great. Yes. That the Bridger Rakes are good lovers and Mm -hmm. the historical Rakes are just, they're, they're just not, they're not great. Uh, They're, they're just not great.
0: They're not great. They're people who needed a lot of therapy. Right. And that was not a Mm -hmm. thing yet. No, it wasn't. Nope. Instead, people worked out their cultural trauma by writing books about it, like Clarissa or (laughs) Pamela, a lesser known, lesser pot, but still lesser known, but still like of the time, beloved serial about a rake and a virgin. And I did, I've never read Clarissa and I don't think I ever will, but I did read Pamela Mm. and those are hours of my life I'll never get back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So where were we? Mystery. <laughs> Mystery, yes. <laughs> Mystery and rules and how, like, it's interesting that in our current times, we have a longing for some of the rules of Regency dating.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because I I think to your point, like, and even to, to my clients who say there are all rules, but we don't know them, is I, as humans, we do like to know what the rules are. Like, it's why... Mm-hmm. It's, it's why religion is so popular. And I don't, I don't want to take anything away from anybody. I'm not going to, you know, come down on any religion in particular. We, we just like to know what the rule, we we like to know what the boundaries are. When are, when are we in bounds and out of bounds? And we need Mm -hmm. someone to tell us that. And And what's my role? What's your role? What roles do I find attractive? What roles do I not find attractive? Right. And if I don't have a rule book, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Sure. And in in Bridgerton days, <laughs> like here are all your rules, and then it's and then it can be a little bit sexy to to st- just step a a slippered toe outside the line, you know.
0: <laughs> sure can. You know, you raise your your evening dress up just ever so slightly, <laughs> and then and then you get married and you raise it all the way up. Right, all over your your dukedom
1: but you you better not under any circumstances do that before you before you jump the broom
0: you're right and you know i hadn't really thought about this i mean it's so obvious now um but it does seem like part of what attracts daphne and the duke to one another is yes for Daphne it's that the duke is mysterious for the duke it's that Daphne is like you who are you you're not a big deal like she's right. just not mm-hmm. she's not super taken with him she's like you're just another one of my brother's dumb friends
1: <laughs> yeah right it's you know very much like when i when i met my partner who i've been with for 20 years Aww. <laughs> he said he called me cuz i just wasn't that impressed with him yeah you're like who are you
0: and i don't, I don't okay Right. Yeah, friend. I'll never see you again.
1: Right, he was—he was a friend of a
0: friend, I'm like me. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> and Daphne very much has that when she first meets the Duke. She's like, "Whatever, I'm never gonna see you again. You'll be at the club with B1, doing your B1 thing. <laughs> right. You're and B- probably into opera singers. That's weird." <laughs> right. Uh,
1: my eldest brother's kind of the worst,
0: <laughs> and you are kind of his is. BFF. So, <laughs> ergo, you are also kind of the worst. <laughs> Um, but what I was going to say is that I think what, after, like, there's that initial first blush of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. And then what they start, what starts to bond them is that they start to, like, break the rules of the game together. The mm-hmm. game of dating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is, like, risque and fun, and only the these two know that they're doing it.
1: hmm Yeah. Well, they, right, they they make an accord. <laughs> In marriage and family terms, they form an alliance. They do. They form an alliance. Because mm-hmm. they they each have something the other needs.
0: That's true.
1: Mm-hmm. What remind
0: my fevered memory brain what it is that each has that the other needs, yes. dear friend.
1: Yep. You, you don't worry. I've got you. I watched this twice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for the for the Duke, um, he is tired of all the. All the uh, t- the tawn mamas That's bringing right. all, and I I gotta say, I just chef's kiss to saying mama. There's something just yes. so lovely about because mm-hmm. c- if it had been mama or or even mama, like it just no, it's the mamas. It was just yeah, fucking delightful. Um, yeah, he. The Duke was tired of all of the mamas bringing their of age daughters around and being like, Look, this one's marriageable, Duke of Hastings. Mm -hmm. And he was sick of it. And uh, Daphne didn't want to get married off to this horrible man that B1 had promised her to. That's true. And if she seemed to be, you know, if a man of higher status was taken with her the hope was that this other horrible man would back off um that's not actually what happened no but it
0: did succeed in making all of the other ostensibly more attractive men Mm -hmm. more into daphne because suddenly she was like
1: Right. It's all very like. um, Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. It's all very like playing on all these objectified things and being like, now she's this like rare and treasured object because this other man is looking at her. Mm -hmm. So then all these other men want to look at her.
1: Mm Hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, which is such a. I mean, take it out of its time period. It's just. It's just a trope. Like, how Mm -hmm. many movies have we seen where this is the case? Where it's like. Two people form an alliance to raise one's status. Sure. Yeah. You know, like Can't Buy Me Love, mm-hmm. the original one with uh, Peter Dempsey, and then the remake. <laughs> with um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, wow. I did not see that. Because yeah. I don't think it could ever be better than the original. No,
0: no. It was called Can't Hardly Wait that would had Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I don't know if that was based on something or not. be that as it may your point stands like yes it's in like 10 things i hate about you Mm -hmm. there's some of that
1: in that freddie prince jr movie that everyone loved she's all that i did love that movie and then a bunch of those actors went on to be on the tv show psych that i keep trying to get you to watch oh interesting fun fact that Mm -hmm.
0: i re-remembered is that freddie prince jr is now a noted uh video game voiceover actor
1: Oh, that's nice. Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm. I, yeah, feel, I does, feel like he, he does just, excellent work. Yeah, I feel like he just mostly stays home and takes care of his and Smidge's kids. Yes, that's
0: how it seems, except for when he goes off and he does voiceover work that seems to, if the interviews on YouTube are, be, are to be believed, spark a lot of joy for him. Because to quote him, he's way more into video games than he is TV or movies. That's nice. I'm, I'm glad they're happy. They seem happy, God, me genuinely too. happy. They do. They do. And you know what, listeners, if you have like gossip dirt about how they're not that happy, this is one of those times, one of those rare times where I'm going to say, I don't need to know that.
1: No, I, please do not steal this joy from me. So we, we've set the scene for what's happening. Daphne and the Duke have, have made this arrangement. And what do you know, in the middle of it, they just start falling in love. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're 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 definitely supposed to believe that. <laughs> Did you not?
0: <sighs> um, enough that like it kept me watching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I think I think they really wanted me. I think they wanted the audience to see that they were friends. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that speech that the Duke gives when they have to go in front of the Queen and ask permission to get married early. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, that's a really great speech, and I really enjoyed it. And I definitely think that, like, they were the creators of the show were trying to show that they were, in fact, friends. I don't know if I totally believed it, but I also think that I tend to be very skeptical. um, Because I I do think they do a better job than, say, I don't know, the movie version of of Anna Karenina is a great example of, like, (laughs) you have these two characters who just shout that they love each other. And at no point in the film, do you see anything even close to, like, real strong lust and passion Mm. between these two characters? And, like, if they didn't completely sell me on the friendship, they did sell me on the lust. Like, I believed that Daphne wanted that D. (laughs)
1: And I believed
0: that the Duke wanted under her corset so bad.
1: Yeah, no, that was, I mean, that felt very real. I I bought the Mm -hmm. friendship. I, like, I bought that they were, that they were... Um, that they were bros, and then things got kind of steamy, and I was like, "I see how I see how bros can get kind of steamy." Uh, (laughs) yeah, no, that that's I would say that's one of your core fandom beliefs. In fact,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that bros can get kind of steamy, and we mean bros in the friendship sense of bros,
1: right? No, not not familial bros. Mm -mm. That's a big no. That is not my. It is not my ship. Don't ship that. No, no, no. You just ship
0: two two dudes who are such close friends until one day they're like in the showers
1: together. <laughs> well, sure, because you know something happens to Castiel, and like he needs to have have his his wings showered, and he can't do it himself. Anyway, <laughs> that's a real fic. Uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, how do you reach the wings?
0: You know, you need a friend. (laughs) Daphne can't undo her own corset. You know what I'm saying? She (laughs) needs the Duke there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, by and large, I would say they do a nice job, the two of them, of like And we'll get there. But by and large, barring one very particular incident, they do a nice job of like checking for consent with each other. Yes. And so you see the ways that this romantic Bodice Ripper fandom has like picked the parts of actual Regency that it finds attractive, Mm -hmm. like very clear rules that allow for like titillating gameplay Mm -hmm. and pairing it with our more modern uh, sexual consent culture.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. I was very happy to see that when Mm -hmm. i saw it (laughs) you know yes like the um spoilers for those who didn't watch it the daphne and the duke do wind up getting married it's a whole thing um Mm -hmm. and on their wedding night uh the duke asks for progressive consent Mm -hmm. is this okay is this okay is this okay which which was just delightful it was yeah it really worked Mm -hmm. i think yep Mm -hmm. and um just as a as a viewer i was very pleased that we got way more men's butts than we got Mm. women in any state of undress
0: we did and that was nice it's always nice to see at least visually some equal representation right i was just like
1: yeah Mm -hmm. heck yes that And why not? That actor has an amazing butt. Yeah, no, please. All what is what is his name? Roger.
0: Oh what that's a great name. <laughs> much better than Simon. Simon's okay, but Clay bon,
1: Regé. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, Roger had to work out very hard at the gym. hmm Yeah, mm-hmm. we know we mm-hmm. know that struggle. God we do. He probably had to do all kinds of jump squats. So many squats. Mm. yeah god and that's the i'm sure the doms the day after
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it was all worth it it was all worth it fun fun fact listeners i don't know that we've named this on the show yet but i gifted spock with with some personal training with my personal trainer Mm -hmm. and uh she's just been hashtag killing it on on the burpee front oh god yeah i demoed recently a a burpee for my partner
0: and his response was that looks like six exercises all in one why would you ever have to do a series of them you just you did you did one you did all six in that thing that you did there i
1: i love how vulcan he was in that moment he's like that's illogical (laughs)
0: Right? He's like, that's just, that's ridiculous. You've done enough. Sit down. Have some water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would you you like an Epsom salt uh, bath?
0: There we go. Back to the Duke and Daphne and a part that they selected from, I guess, Regency times that I didn't love Mm -hmm. so much. Um, because the Duke has this whole backstory about his absentee father and Mm -hmm. his much beleaguered mom, and that all ties into why he doesn't want to get married and have a a son. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this, and once you explained this to me, it all made a lot of sense. Um, I was, like, really nonplussed with the fact that it ends, spoilers, that, like, not only do he and Daphne get married, and they do it all over the dukedom, and then <laughs> then they, like, things fall apart, and it has to do with summer rain. Um, <laughs> the show ends with uh, them having a son. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is ridiculous. I don't like this. This is absurd. Like, we had everything set up for the Duke to question the negative systemic aspects of patriarchy and make some different choices. I mean, it's called Bridgerton. He could just take Daphne's name. They could be the Bridgertons together. Mm-hmm. And I think that you very nicely were like, I'm going to stop you right there, Spock. <laughs> because that's not how... Romance novels work,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm I'm not a huge consumer of romance novels. I I'm not hating on them at all. It's just no. it's not particularly something that I have consumed a lot of. But I am aware mm-hmm. that there is a, a very prevalent trope in romance novels, which is that the uh the the Bridgerake is you know the wild stallion is broken and they have it. And they just and they continue the whole
0: problematic system. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, well, you know, we're, we're two
1: exceptional
0: humans. We were able to find love in this contrived, patriarchal sexist
1: system. Why not just continue it together? Which I hear and also that's not what Daphne wants or Daphne's not ready to question that social construct.
0: Um I mean, I like yes, Daphne does want to like get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well. And this is where it gets interesting and again they do that thing that I feel like so so many shows that I've seen recently do where like they flirt with this more like atypical outside the mainstream love story.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Like we get like little moments of, of like before, because Daphne, Daphne was so poorly served by Regency sex ed or lack thereof. (laughs) Mama Bridgerton attempts to explain the sexual act like it is a, a
1: soft summer rain. Also my favorite, do you remember the hounds at our summer house? And she's like, They're basset hounds. Like, yes, basset hounds. No one told them how to do it, and then you know puppies. <laughs> right. And then there's the rain and the flowers. And like and
0: Daphne is is like, I remember hounds and puppies and flowers, and there is rain, but she's not. She's very ill prepared. Due to the fact that she's utterly ill prepared, she doesn't understand how babies actually get made. And so there's a period during her the early days of her marriage mm-hmm. Where she thinks that she and the Duke are infertile,
1: right? With I mean, to be fair, he does say, mm-hmm. "I cannot give you children." Yes, which she didn't. I mean, that was unnecessarily confusing, and there were no follow-up questions. Absolutely, and I this is, and then that leads into it's maybe like an
0: episode of them talking about like how, will, what are other ways we'll have a fulfilling life?
1: Hmm. Sure.
0: And her having that like beautiful moment where she says to him, she's like, "I like I love you. I don't want to be with anybody else. I want to be with you."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I mean, I knew, I knew that, I, like, I could read the number of episodes. I was like, okay, well, this is like episode five or something. Um, so, like, I know that this is going to be tossed to the wind. But as someone who has, in many ways, a very like atypical life and an mm-hmm. atypical sort of like romantic partnership trajectory. I was like, oh, this is just like the scraps that get thrown to people like me. <laughs> yeah. Um, because like we don't like mainstream stories and, you know, big Netflix money doesn't typically get thrown to
1: mm-hmm.
0: stories that are more that are that are like that are more outside the mainstream. Even things that shouldn't be as outside the mainstream like not being able to have kids or making a choice to not
1: have kids. Mm-hmm. Right, cuz that I mean that would have been that would have been much more shocking, surprising if yes. you know, she realized, "Oh, we can have children." And is like, "But do I want them?" mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But or and like wrestled with that at all, right? But she really, I mean, and and to be fair to the character of Daphne, she's what like 17, 18? Yeah. And all she has ever known in her entire life is that you are supposed to get married and have children. Mm-hmm. And then she seems to genuinely enjoy children. She does.
0: Absolutely. But like these are I'm just saying like these were moments where I thought like they were missed opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, sure. She could have still had kids, but like they could have like changing his name felt like something that would have been so small. Mm-hmm. But I think in many ways like that is still something that really endures all the stuff around names and mm-hmm. what do you do when you get like legally married or legally partnered and all of that and like it would have been such a step in terms of identifying systemic problems and mm-hmm. in a show taking steps to remedy them but i i also appreciate i was asking even in a very fevered state far more of
1: bridgerton <laughs> you were than it was it was lot ready of to deliver <laughs>
0: i was and yet and here's <laughs> why i did it mm-hmm. was that like bridgerton set itself up as like hey we're g- this is going to be a regency romance but here we're going to do things a little bit differently we are going to cast mm-hmm. african-american folks yeah true in some lead main roles mm-hmm. we're going to give you know some of the women some things to do other than marriage yeah this is going to pass we're the test. test. Right, sometimes. Um, like, we're going to cast, like, non-body-conforming folks mm-hmm. to certain roles.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. They, The show itself stepped a slippered foot outside the bounds. <laughs> it did. And then it was like, that's all, though.
0: And <laughs> I was like, ah, that's not enough, though. They, they were all flirting. And I just, I wanted... In the words of Daphne, I wanted that day. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted them to decide and commit.
1: Yeah, I I got a very like Fifty Shades of Grey slash Twilight mm. vibe off of sure off of once they're married, or like yeah. the you know once the Duke realizes or believes he you know believes he has realized that he has ruined daphne's life and how could she bear to look at him and i was like oh god this is this is that this is that edward slash uh fucking christian Christian. gray energy Mm -hmm. and i was like of course they'll have a baby that was the end of both those stories
0: yeah it was (laughs) <laughs> I mean, at least at least Daphne gets to see at least in terms of like how we cinematically portray mm-hmm. sex in film, which is very different, obviously, than the way it actually is in real life. Like so much of Bridgerton, at least Daphne, Daphne has like a fulfilling sex life, which that is something Belle was never able to have.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, they want us to believe that bella yes. had a satisfying sex life i i have questions about what happened after the shine wore off on their honeymoon phase i mean you got inter- this is eternity um, right right but, yeah. but you know conversation for another time um mm-hmm. yeah i i appreciated that they actually gave um gave time to like pleasure in in sex for mm-hmm. for both partners i mean in this case it mm-hmm. was binary there were two partners um and i mean is it a little unrealistic that the that the second you are touched by your lover or yourself that there are fireworks sure yes like all right i I guess i guess there weren't antidepressants in the regency period so maybe you can just like get there quicker but (laughs) Maybe. I mean, uh, but uh, we'll just leave it there. Unrealistic. Yeah, I, su- I said this app mm-hmm. would have a little bit more sex talk than usual, but we won't get too... No, we're not going to get too racy. This is still the Starship Therapies.
0: <laughs> and it's not even the Starship Therapies after hours. It's just like regular daytime hours right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a fun show. <laughs> Starship Therapies after dark. But oh, we're in That's space, right. so it's always dark. <laughs>
0: for some reason the Knight Rider theme song is playing through my head right now um so yes Daphne and the Duke do we have any like closing thoughts here on Daphne and the Duke
1: I mean I think what we what we can take away from this Mm -hmm. if we're if we're using our our time with the Bridgertons to help us understand some things it, Mm -hmm. it would be that I I appreciate that they had a love match. I, Mm. you know, I I am a fan of a love match. And also recognize that that's that's not always happening in current times either. Right. (laughs) You know, like, love is wonderful. And also it is... I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this because I don't want to sound... Mm -hmm. Depressing. Um, sure. but Hit me. Let's see if I can help because yeah. I'm in a different body today. Okay, great. So, you know, I think of couples that I've worked with who are close to wanting to end their relationship. And they're like, we're just not sure that we have this love anymore. But we have all the rest of this that is our life. Yeah. And we don't know that we want to give up all the rest of this that is our life. Hmm. And so... I guess what I'm saying is love is important and love isn't the only thing that brings us together or keeps us together. Right. And
0: I would, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I would add to it that like love is multifaceted. So and, fair. Yeah. Um, romance novels really, really equate love with lust. Mm-hmm. To the point where there's like no difference. And yet we can take a page out of IFS. Oh, yes, folks, you thought you were getting out of an episode <laughs> without an IFS reference. No, no. You already o got contrary. Supernatural.
1: Now you get IFS. It is officially. <laughs> we, might,
0: we might ask the love part to take a step back mm. mm-hmm. so that it could unblend from lust. Mm-hmm. Because lust is, I mean, it, it, it is important And this depends on – I mean, and this varies from individual to individual, how important that lust and sex and that, Mm -hmm. like, sex drive and the fireworks is. Um, But they are two distinct and separate things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I definitely see this, too, in couples where they come in and – they think that they have done something wrong sometimes right because they're like the love isn't there and part of the work is helping them understand it's not that the love is not there a lot of the time there's there's all kinds of love that's there
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're talking about lust we're talking about desire we're talking about the mystery mm-hmm. and if you've been with someone for 20 years mm-hmm. The mystery is different. <laughs> you have to make that mystery. You have to make that mystery. You have to, you know, like get creative <laughs> to have that mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, because what you have instead is you have this like wonderful and deep and profound knowing of another person, a seeing of another person. I love that that you 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 can only have through years with that individual. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's, I I like that you said that because it does, it changes, it doesn't change my opinion, but it changes the way I want to say it, which is, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's not that there is love lost. It is that there are, there are parts of what we considered important aspects of love that have shifted. This makes me think of um, the ancient Greeks and their six words for love. Which was um, eros, sexual passion, philia, deep friendship, mm-hmm. ludus, or playful love. I love that. Um, agape is love for everyone, uh, pragma, long standing love. Mm. And one more that is hidden behind a pop up. Because, yes, I am reading these <laughs> friends at home. You caught me. Um, Belosia, or love of the self. Huh. Oh, wow. Hmm? You know, those Greeks, they didn't have everything. And
0: I'm not here to, like, bang the drum of amazing Westernness, because I'm not. Um, but, like, I do
1: also want to say that, like, they had some stuff, right? <laughs> right, because that, that's... That's real. We do. We have this. And I fell into it myself mm-hmm. moments ago that we have this one right. narrative for love and what it means to be in love with a romantic partner. But yeah. that's not that's not the only way to be. Mm-mm. And, you know, I think I think Mama actually had a very good point when she said, you just marry the person who's your best friend.
0: Yes. Yes because that mama had a great point there because
1: finally that, she really <laughs> she really needed a win uh-huh she did she did <laughs> and and they did give her one thank god <laughs> yeah because that that is what is so long lasting a friendship mm-hmm. lust i mean for for some folks lust can last forever but for for most folks like that that fire burns out yeah you know at some point, Daphne and the Duke of Hastings will be like, eh, you know, we got twelve kids, and uh, oh and we're very tired. I think that that was a nice that was a nice overview of of our young lovers, mm-hmm. Daphne and the Duke. Very true. Um, what what do we want uh, additionally for folks to walk away with? You know what
0: I want I want to really invite listeners to walk away with is just an appreciation for play mm. in a variety of forms mm-hmm. consent consenting play with one or more others can be so delightful mm-hmm. and especially right now, as we are just like if you're in the Midwest and you're listening or if you're anywhere where it is like cold and gray and dark, it can be hard. To not keep the fires of passion alive, to, like, keep the fires of of hope for summer alive. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing helps to, like, get those fires going again. Mm -hmm. Like, playfulness and whimsy and joy. And that can look like so many things, including, you know, putting on your, your best sparkled Bridgerton cravat <laughs> or
1: corset and like having just some fun mm-hmm. with some people yeah. consenting adult people correct consenting adult people and play doesn't always have to be like the act of sex but it can be mm-hmm. it can be sexy it could be right you know flirtatious i i mean you and i have talked about this mm-hmm. on the pod before that like i'm a big fan of, of flirtatious play that is true, um, and I just I think I think that's just a really as as long as as long as the other human is mm-hmm. not uncomfortable, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, flirtatious play is really fun. It is, and you know, a lot of people like to do
0: it in in medium to large size groups. Like I think about dancing.
1: Oh, I miss, I'm you know, I really. I'm not a big clubber. I have I haven't I haven't been a big clubber since my mid twenties. But mm. since this this whole thing, I'm like, you know what? I could stand to do. Yeah. Put on some stupidly tall stilettos. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Go to a club.
0: Right. All the eye glitter. <laughs> <laughs> all just all the eye glitter for me all kind i got into like mascara right before all this hit and i was like experimenting with all these different kinds and ways to put it on and here's the thing if it makes you happy to like get dolled up and be at home beautiful muzzle to you mm-hmm. it doesn't work for me i'm only going to go through that effort if i'm going to exit the home and see
1: other people <laughs> yeah no i i'm the same way or it's okay if i stay in the home but i need to be seeing other people so if I'm, yes, you know, agreed, doing some sort of virtual appearance, I will do my makeup. But, like, I'm not going to put on mm-hmm. stilettos.
0: Nobody can see my feet. Right. You know, and so it's like, how are there other ways to be playful with that? And uh, some of that might be watching a show like Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that might be, like, putting on, you know, club music while your partner makes dinner, which is ripped from
1: the headlines of my life. Um, <laughs> the um, Bach knows this. The other night, I, did, I was in my kitchen, dancing to some 1990s nine-inch nails. Mm-hmm. You sure were. <laughs> did it get me closer to God? I mean, yeah. Depending on how you
0: define God, absolutely.
1: Because <laughs> if God is just the self, yes, it absolutely got you closer to yourself. <laughs> oh, good job, Trent. <laughs> all right well we'll put a pin in this because mm-hmm. uh there is so much more bridgerton to come in our next episode it's true
0: a part deux.
1: a part deux. um mm-hmm. if you're interested in what we talked about today you might want to look up consent um attraction and love family systems um and i we wound up talking about internal family systems just to snuck it in there right at the end, um, and we stuck so true to the Bridgerton fandom until we started talking about shipping, and then Supernatural just just flew in on on the wings of love, on the wings of Cass. <laughs>
0: It sure did. Oh, and I I did have a reference about American Psycho, but that was more of like a fleeting fever dream type thing. Oh, and all those it was. all those books you mentioned. Oh, that's true. Okay, so for the lit nerds out there, <laughs> um, I would say I I'm not I cannot in good conscience recommend Pamela or Clarissa, and I can think of and I can picture my lit professor Dr. Joel Weisenheimer, who. I did an independent study on Jane Austen with him. And that was how I ended up reading Pamela. Um, And I, when I complained about it to him, he was like, Larissa, just be glad I didn't assign you Clarissa. And I was like, what the fuck is Clarissa? (laughs) And then I went to like the lower level of like the sub basement of the library and found it. And it was clearly someone hadn't read it. No one had read it in a while, but it was like a whole shelf Ugh, woof. So I'm not going to recommend it. I think Joel Weisenheimer would. What I would <laughs> recommend, though, is really like anything by Jane Austen, but in particular, of course, Pride and Prejudice is good. Can't argue with that. Um, but I also really love Emma and Persuasion.
1: Mm.
0: Both of those are quite quite delightful. Mansfield Park I, I, is like, you know, I could take it or leave it. Northanger Abbey, is, it's a very young Jane Austen, so really only for those who just like really want to get the whole breadth and depth of her work. Oh, all right. Look at... Ooh, Sense and Sensibility. That's also a really great one.
1: Start. You can always start there. (laughs) (laughs) And you could uh, also read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. You could, (laughs) and I would do my best not to judge you.
0: (laughs) Even though... And though I shouldn't. Like, this is something I'm continuing to work on because due to the fact that, like, that Jane Austen has entered into... I forget the legal word for like basically the public canon, where like you can now mm-hmm. like yep. use her characters public and domain. Them. Oh, it's like public domain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. We can't do that with Baby Yoda, but we can with Jane Austen. And so even though Jane Austen and zombies are not for me, Whoo, not for me. Um, I think it's great that they're out there and are speaking to the people who love
1: both Jane Austen and zombies. <laughs> Aw, you're you're really you're you're digging deep, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You would look lovely in velvet. Join us for our next app on Bridgerton, part 2: the rest of the Ton. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. Just a reminder that our book, Starship Therapies: Using Therapeutic Fanfiction to Rewrite Your Life, is now available for pre-order from your favorite booksellers. So order yourself a copy or two or three and share the news with your social networks. Also, the book will officially be in stores on May the 4th. So only a couple months left to go, friends. And as always, live Live long long and prosper.